We'll get right start, uh, started right quick. I'm not going to waste any time. Uh, I would like to uh, start out with a, a definition tonight. I want to speak on three different topics, uh, three things in my life that I seem uh, that I've struggled with, and I know if I've struggled with it, then I would assume everybody here has struggled with it at one point in their life. Um, now, since I've been here at Church on the Rock, I've grown tremendously from these three things I will be sharing with you. Actually, two. The last one is, is, the, is the good part. Uh, but um, just, uh, I grew up, you know, in a, in a wonderful Christian home. You know, it was, <clears throat> it was easy life. It was mom and dad, brothers and sisters. You know, life wasn't hard. It was just, it was simple. You know, I didn't, I didn't have a, a lot of worries. You know, you're a kid, you know. And so life was convenient, and that's what the first thing I'd like to talk to you about. Um, Webster's Dictionary com, uh, defines convenience as a couple things here. You know, God bless Webster's. <clears throat> uh, convenience is freedom from discomfort or personal comfort or advantage. And this is going to bless you on this one. A time that is suitable for you. Wow. So uh, everyone open to uh, Romans 12.1 with me, please. I've got to get there myself. Actually, does anybody have a message, Bible? Come on, Jib. Where do you have to get it started? Actually, I'll grab somebody who has already got it pulled up. Sue? <laughs> Thank you, Jib. Is it ready to be available? I apologize for not having a message, but I just haven't purchased one yet. Thank you. Great color. Romans 12.1. I, I read it uh, in my uh, New Living Translation, but come on, message is legit. If I can find it here. <clears throat> Romans 12.1 says, and I'm speaking on convenience here. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, your ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into everything without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you, and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. <clears throat> And that's kind of, that was kind of where I was at. Like I said, life was, it was just easy. I didn't, here's, here's mom and dad for this. Uh, mom and dad were always, you know, asking me, are you reading your Bible? Are you witnessing to people? You know, this and that. And I would say, yeah, yeah, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Yeah, I'm doing that. But it, it wasn't anything too important. I didn't really see a huge need to get really serious about it. Um, I used to have a big afro. I mean, I was I was always just worried about doing the social stuff, seeing everybody. I got terrible grades in high school. Just, you know, worried about just having a good time, living free, you know. So <clears throat> that's that's where I was. And then I did something that, you know, uh, was pretty big. I, I signed my life over to the military for five or for six years. Uh, and uh, that made me grow up real quick. Uh, 
that threw me into a world that I maybe wasn't ready for, but pretty quickly adjusted to. It uh, made me grow up, made me grow old man. Uh, it taught me things about myself that I had no idea about. So right after high school, I graduated. I had one month off. Got shipped to boot camp for four months. That grown me up real big. And then, <laughs> and then I had a month off, and I got to my unit. And they say, hey, guess what? I said, what's up? They said, we're going to Iraq. I was like, really? Nobody ever told me that. Okay. So here we're going to get into the second part of what I'd like to talk about. And it's uh, a stage in life that everybody's going to experience, you know, at one point or another. Uh, it's, it's chaos. And uh, the Dictionary of Bible Themes Come on, Logos Software, Portland Bible College. It defines chaos as a state of disorder and or confusion. <clears throat> so, I get to Iraq, bullets start flying, chaos. Life was completely out of disorder, <clears throat> excuse me, and I was a little confused. And here I am, coming from a convenient life where things were easy and I didn't exactly see a reason to have this really strong relationship with God to uh, being like, wow, I really wish I would have. So here we are driving through Baghdad one night and the bullets just start coming in and I'm, you know, here I am, 19 years old and I'm freaking out. And I just remember, you know, in my, my spirit, man, inside, I was just like, you know, Jesus, you know, what, where are you? Where, why have you left me? I'm down here all alone. I'm getting shot at, for goodness sakes. And then, He's just up there, probably sitting on his throne, you know, smiling, shaking his head, saying, son, I never went anywhere. I'd like to ask you a question. Where did you go? <laughs> he, said, he said, you know, he said, why, why have you left me alone? Yeah. Sobering, I know. And uh, going through a state of chaos is, uh, is like I said, something everybody's going to go through regardless because if we didn't have storms in our life and trials and, th and things of the nature we're not going to learn to trust God to run to him in those times um, Jesus loves it, loves it when we come to him in time of need or chaos if you think about it think of all the people in the Bible I can't name them all, it's too many of all the people that went to, to Jesus in their time of chaos and as many as were touched by him were healed and that's how I was I was like I said, can't come out of that convenient life into this chaotic life. Stuff I was, I was completely, you know, out of my natural. You know, I wasn't ready for it. But, you know, uh, being in an environment like that, I wish it, I wish it didn't take an environment like that to get to drive me into the Word. But it did. Thank God, something did. And uh, it really helped me establish my relationship with Christ. Uh, I was able to share with. Um, uh, here I am, a private, and sergeants asking me to come into the room and spend two hours talking with me about life problems and I'm thinking this is this seems strange but <laughs> uh here's a what does the Lord say about us calling on him at a time of chaos go to uh, Proverbs 18:10, please give me a drink of water won't chat steal water everybody there give me an amen Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to him, and they are safe. It's exactly what I did. Yeah, I mean, at a, coming out of convenience, yeah, I was godly. But uh, 
I ran to him. I mean, not not like just a little jog. I mean, like full out sprint. And uh, like just like I said, being in an environment like that will cause you to. And it doesn't have to, you don't have to get shipped to Iraq to go through stuff like that. I've I've had a sister that ran off. You know, well, a couple of them and uh, a couple of brothers who wanted to do their own things. That's chaos. Um, you know, there's there's just all all, all forms of chaos, and we gotta learn to run to run to God in those times. Run to the safety of his arms. Uh, the last uh, word I'd like to talk about tonight is, uh, I had this message prepared a while ago, not like ready to preach it, and I was talking to Brother Jordan one night about it and saying how I was kind of excited, you know, like oh, one day if I ever get to share a message with somebody, I'd like to talk about convenient life and a chaotic life. And I was, you know, he said, you know, well, that's cool, you know, maybe one day. Then, he, then you know, then he asked me to. and uh, But then I was thinking, yeah, a convenience life, a convenient life and a chaotic life, that's enough to preach on. But what what do you do after that's over? You know? And uh, I prayed about it and I did, I did, I wasn't sure. I was I mean, I knew what the I knew what excuse me, I knew what to do, but I was thinking, what's the perfect word to describe um once you've come out of that chaos and out of that convenient life? And uh, uh Pastor Keith came and uh I, I prayed about it and prayed about it in the spirit and uh he said the word constancy one night. And I don't think I've even heard that word before. But I was like, Holy Spirit said, knock, knock, that's it. Take that. I said, okay. So I took it. I looked it up, and it nailed exactly what I wanted to talk about. <clears throat> constancy is uh, also, uh, got, I got this off the Internet because I couldn't find it in the word. But it was in there, but my, my Portland Bible College didn't find it. Uh, constancy is the quality of being unchanged or unwavering in purpose, love, Loyalty, firmness of mind, and faithfulness. Constancy is the kind of relationship that we need to have with Christ. You know, Jib, how would you feel if, you know, you and I are friends. Only time I ever come to you is when it's convenient for me or when, you know, I just feel like it. it like the, like the uh, definition said, it's a time that's suitable for you. You wouldn't probably be too happy with me and you're being friends and I just show up when I feel like it, would you? I didn't think so. Uh, how about how about when I ran only run to you in chaos? Like, oh, Jim, my life is terrible. It's falling apart. I don't know what to do. But that's the only thing you ever heard from me. Would you feel like we didn't have much of a relationship, right? Good answer. Well, don't you think that Jesus is the same way, though? You know, like when I was younger, like that, I was only running. I was only going. You know, mom, dad say, "Hey, you pray to say." Oh, give me one second. Yes, I'm afraid. That's con- that was convenient. That was suitable for me. That's not what we needed to. And then chaos comes along. I run to him in chaos. Now, are those two, are those, is convenience and chaos? We are to run it to him in those times. You know, Jesus wants us to. You know, but how much better would it be if we ran to him all the time? Constancy. Go to uh, Hebrews 13, 8 with me, please. Now, since we bear the image of Christ and we were created in his image, then don't you think we ought to act like him, model ourselves after him? So when it says in Hebrews 13.8 that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, 
Shouldn't we strive every day to be like that? Now, yes, we aren't perfect by any means. I'm the worst when it comes to that. But shouldn't we strive for that, though? Jesus was the only perfect one. We are not. But we can still make that our, our, our goal, our everyday, 24-7, you know, all the time. That should be our goal, our strive. Our, our, it should be a relationship, you know, um, constancy, like always running to you, not convenient or not when it's chaotic, but an ongoing everyday relationship. That's how it should be. I wrote down a couple things here. I'm just, just going to read them real quick. <clears throat> we need to make serving the Lord a lifestyle and not a hobby or a chore or just something that we do when we come together here on Thursday night because it's cool because Jesus is cool. Serving the Lord and having a relationship with him needs to be our lifestyle. It needs to be an everyday thing because, like I said, what kind of relationship is it when you only run to your friends, your family, your heavenly father, or only when you go to them in a, in a time of convenience? It's a weak, half-hearted, kind of there, kind of not attitude. His praises need to be always on our lips so that we won't have a fake, lukewarm relationship with him. Last thing I want, to be, I want is to be spewed out of his mouth. That's gross. So <laughs> what we need is constancy. We need that un- unwavering and unchanging love and relationship with Christ. I encourage everybody to really, really try and put more constancy in their life and not just hey, I've gone to church here since I've been born and my mom and dad make me go, so therefore it's convenient. Or don't just go to church when life's falling apart. You know, uh, constancy, that's what we need. That's what we need every day of our life. We need that relationship with Christ because he needs it with us also. So that was my message I'd like to, I, I, would, I shared with you all. Thank you, Brother Jordan, for having me. Um, it was an honor. I hope we can do student takeover night every night. So, thank you. Excellent. Well, anybody get anything? Hallelujah. Who? Okay. You can have this back. All right. Next speaker, uh, dear sister in the Lord, (laughs) grown up uh, in church, and... uh, I really don't know what to say about her. She's a strong, strong woman of God, everybody. (laughs) Sister Danielle Jackson. (laughs) Thank you for those kind, kind words, Bruce. I know, warms the heart, warms the heart. I was hoping he would, like, write a little poem about me, but it just didn't happen. I don't know, but forgiven. Okay, I'm going to get right on it. I have 15 minutes, so... I told Davon I would stick to my notes and I would not stray. All right. Everybody turn to Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. AMZ gave me the start on my message. Basie preached my message last week, so this is going to be really good. All right. I'm going to set it up with a couple scriptures, and then we'll go into what I want to talk about. I'll give you a second. Alrighty, so this is my favorite scripture. I'm going to do it justice, I hope. All right, for I know the thoughts and plans I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace, not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. Then you will call upon me, and you will come and pray it to me, and I will hear and heed you. Then you will seek me, inquire 
for me and require me as vital necessity to find me when you reach for me with all your heart. All right. I like that version a lot. Amplified is my BFF. But I like this in the last verse, 13, whenever he talks about you need to search and inquire for him with vital necessity. Basically, that means he needs to be what's going to make everything come to pass in your life. Because if he's not what has to come through for you, then you're lessening stuff. Like your call and things like your everyday life. Basically, if you think that you, you know, just your faith. But God's bigger than what you can imagine or what you can do on your own. But I looked up in Webster's Inquire, and it's to question and to seek for information by questioning and then to investigate or inquire. That means you have to ask questions if you got, want God to answer you. Basically, he's going to answer you, but you have to ask questions and give him a chance to answer because if you're always asking, when's the open time to answer? So I like that one a lot. And basically, because I've just been really studying out about the call on people's lives and everything like that because, you know, you want to follow a call. God has a plan for your life. He has a perfect plan and a pleasing plan, and you, you want to be in the perfect plan, and it's an everyday life. You know, he has a perfect thing for you to do every single day of your life. People for you to talk to, people for you to help, people for you to pray for. And it's an everyday thing, not just your, like, occupation or what you're going to do in 10 years down the road. It's your everyday life. But, all right, now turn to Philippians 4.13. Yes. These are some, like, refrigerator scriptures, but they have some good meat, so we'll take them. I'm reading out the Amplified today, so I'll go ahead and read this one because I don't want to run out of time. I I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. And if we've listened during any of the messages that we've ever heard during church, Christ means anointing. So it's your anointed supply. You have an anointed supply to do everything in your life. If God tells you to go over there and pray for that person and you feel like you can't, you need to do it because he has the anointed sufficiency for you to do it. And if you don't, then you're canceling that out and you're closing that off. But, all right, now we're going to get into what I'm talking about for real. All right, it's called the unlimited plan. Everybody has a cell phone, raise your hand. All right, that's over 95% of us. If you haven't had a cell phone yet, you will probably have one in the future, and your parents may let you. But, all right, so I'm going to break this down and make it really easy for everyone to understand. Your spirit man is like your cell phone, your constant connection to the spiritual realm. God is the spirit, so he's speaking to you through the spirit. And basically, if you're filled with the spirit and you've received Jesus in your heart, you have that connection, you have that plan. Now you can put all these extra additives on there, like text messaging, all that good stuff. So let's get to figuring out what that's about. All right, the word in prayer is like charging up your phone. If you don't have battery, you're dead. What you're going to do with it? I mean, you have it, but it's not doing anything for you. All right, it's no good to have a battery that's drained. With prayer and word time in your daily life, it's going to charge you up. So if you don't charge yourself up, well, you're not going to do any good. You're kind of like a stump on a log, and I don't really care to be around you. Anyways. Uh, let's look where I am. I'm completely off my notes. I'm sorry. I should, probably should not have just said that. All right. Yeah, you have to have it charged up. Okay, anyways. Going on. Um, 
keeping a pure heart is like the volume on your phone. You know, if you don't have your volume up, you never know if you have a text message. You never know if you have a phone call. You don't know if anyone's trying to contact you. So then charging it up has no purpose for you. It can sit on your bed and not do anything. All right. The more pure you are and without mixture you are in your life, the easier it is for God's voice to get through to you. Because if you're a man of mixture, you're all clouded. If you're listening to, like, all kinds of different voices, people giving you their opinions about your everyday life and what you're supposed to do, you're not going to really have a clear vision for what you're supposed to do with your life. If you're listening to secular music, watching dirty stuff on TV, it's going to be always constantly in your mind. And you want to keep God's volume up, so that means that some of that stuff needs to get thrown out. All right. Now the next one is scriptures. They're like your text messages. God's sending you text messages all the time. It's an entire book. I mean, if you can't read it, we'll help you get lessons, phonics, something. Anyways, but he's speaking to you through his paper. And if you've listened to Basie ever speak about illuminating scriptures, pray before you read. Be like, God, illuminate the scriptures to me. Show me what I need to learn for today. I really want you to speak to me. And if you're having a hard time hearing his voice, like hearing through your spirit, because that's something hard to get used to, because God's voice isn't always audible. You're not going to be able to just, Danielle, I have this for you to do today. Please get out of your bed and go pray for the sick. But, so... His scriptures are speaking to you. If one shows up to you, <laughs> if one shows up to you, then you need, to, you need to follow it. Study it out. Search into it. You know, check some different versions. Figure out what it really means. All right. And there's qualifications to get into this plan. I have nine minutes. I'm good on time. You have to ask Jesus into your heart, number one. If you haven't done that, then this is going to be no good to you. You're not going to have a connection. You're not going to have any way for God to speak to you. You know, you're going to know people love you. God loves you stuff like that. People tell you that all the time, but if you want a personal relationship, you need to ask him into your heart. If you want to be led on your day-to-day life more deeply than just, you know, I know God has a plan for my life, and he's going to tell me what it is someday, and, you know, I'm going to be good in life and do good things, but you want to be led by the Holy Spirit, you need to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, you're praying out things in the unknown realm, which means things that you don't really know about yet, but it's going to come to pass, and God's going to reveal that to you. So receive the Holy Spirit is number two. And then search and inquire for your calling. Figure out what you're doing here. What's your purpose? Live with a purpose. Let your everyday life and every decision you make, the jobs you have, the people you hang out with, the music you listen to, and the places you go, go along with the plan for your life. Because if you're not, then the littlest bit, like if you're walking down a path like this and you make one little step over, give it a couple miles and you're way off. And it's going to be a long time to get back to where you're supposed to go. So just make sure you make those everyday decisions going with your calling. And then I like, Amzie completely set me up with the chaos and constancy. So a constant relationship with your father, not just situational. He wants to be your, he doesn't want to just be your emergency contact. He wants to be your constant speed dial. He wants to be the person you go to about everything. He wants to hear you when you're crying because he's going to help you. And if you don't cry out to him, who's going to help you? Because I know nobody on earth can really help you like Jesus can. And he wants to do everything for you. So just speak to him about everything. He's your constant contact. And he doesn't just need to be, God, I have a test tomorrow. Help me. I need to remember this. I need to remember this. He'll help you. You have the mind of Christ, but get in his word, and he'll really help you. He'll renew your mind. Okay. Anyways, the plan is completely unlimited. You can use as many text messages you want a month. You can use as many minutes. You can talk to him as much as you want to. It's all up to you. And you know, rollover minutes really don't do you any good because they keep rolling over. Just use them up. It's unlimited. You know, it's not going to do any good to roll them over. 
God wants to talk to you as much as he can, and you just have to leave yourself open to it. The number one thing is alone time, alone time with God. If you don't turn off the music, turn off the people, separate yourself. Everybody loves to talk to people. I love hanging out with everyone. I love everyone in this room. But if you don't sit in your room alone and give God that time, it's not going to do you any good. He can't speak to you whenever you're talking to somebody else, even if you're at a Bible study. If you want, you want real talk with God, he's going to do real talk with you alone. So one of the things that I like to do is just, like it sounds kind of weird, but whenever you're a single lady, you know, God's your date. So you turn on some candles, you open the Bible, play some music, get some nice mood in there, and then you just lay into the word and let God speak to you. He'll be all over it. But your spirit man is your smartphone. He has all the knowledge he wants. So let him be your smartphone. Use your apps. Pray for people. Do everything like that. He's your smartphone. So I did really good on time. I am giving myself a pat on the back. But yeah, that's it. God's unlimited plan. Wow. Well, thank you. If you didn't get blessed from that, let me just give you a second. Please reevaluate your life right now. <laughs> that was that was excellent. Okay. Next speaker is uh, wow. He is awesome. He is he's a student at Christian Academy, and he is in eighth grade. If you saw him before service, you probably thought that he was a pop star because he has amazing hair and he just looks ridiculously good um, <laughs> all the time. Uh, brother Braden Renfro. Come on. First of all, I want to thank Jordan for letting me preach here today, let me teach. So, to get started off, can we turn to John 1 1? So today I'm going to be teaching on the Word and how you can go through this whole Bible and it will be your guideline to your everyday life and your future. Um, I love C.S. Lewis, so I'm going to read a quote from him that goes along with John 1.1. Human history is the tragic story of man looking for other things than God. Mm. In John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And it says the Word was God. So really, you can put, instead of other things than God, then other things in the Word, and they're looking at other things. And uh, the word infatuated means extravagant or foolish love for. And we're all... We all have something we're infatuated with, whether it's basketball or shopping or fishing. But I went to a conference in Cincinnati for middle schoolers, and this is what they taught on. And it totally changed my mind because I was infatuated with music. I did everything music. 
and I started to pray, and I told God that when I came back, I was going to replace music with the Word, and I was going to be totally infatuated for having an extravagant love for Him. And uh, the word hobby means a side interest or entertainment, and now music is my hobby because it's on the side. It's not. It's not what I. It's not what I have a foolish love for. And uh, even at a Christian school, a lot of people ask me, why should I read the Bible? It's a couple thousand years old, so old. This is what I told them actually a couple weeks ago. Someone asked me this. I said, well, if it wasn't so significant, why do people name all of time, B.C. and A.D., after a little baby who came from a virgin? And I want to be infatuated with something like that. And another story, someone at my school said, um, actually they said this today. They said, I wish God would send me a text message on like which way to go, like what girl to date or what church to go to. And I said, he did. It's this text right here. Every page has text on it. I was like, so I told him. And... Now I'm going to go through the word or, and just say a couple scriptures. You can just write these down because I'm not going to turn to them. But um, in Matthew 4, 4, it says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that is, proceeds from his mouth. So we live by every word that we uh, say, and we should be saying the word of God coming out of our mouth. And uh, we have to be in the word every day because the word of God is to our spirit man what food is to our natural body. It's spirit food. And uh, <clears throat> if you read the Bible, you can. it tells you that you can pray out your future by praying in the spirit. And Brother Dustin is my role model that he prayed out, and God sent the right wife to him, and that's what I'm going to do. And uh, it says stuff about worship. Um, be a worshiper, and uh, if you're ever in a tough time, Pray stills and turns back the enemy. So, and so I do when I'm at school and I'm got a bad grade on a test, which happens often. <laughs> I just praise them and it takes my sadness away <laughs> until I get home and my mom beats me. <laughs> In John 4:23, it says, <laughs> "But the hour is coming." And now we're true worshipers. We'll worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. And I want to be that worshiper that through all my trials and all my life, the one that worships him and stands out at my school. And it says, says stuff about being a giver. And in Proverbs eleven twenty three, it says, The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. And I don't have a job yet. But I want to be so generous that when I get older and I can be made rich because I was generous when I'm younger to where I can have the money and just be like, Pastor wants a plane, I'll get it for him. There we go. And uh, how you get it is staying, being involved with the local church, being involved in the ministry of helps, and uh, bless your man and woman of God. This is a big one for me to honor and obey my father and mother. And Ephesians 6, 1-3 says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which this is the first commandment with promise, that it may be made will, 
well with you, and you may live a long life on this earth. I don't know about you, but I want to live a long life, so I'm going to honor my mother and, mother and father. Um, not to only obey your mother and father when you're young, but to keep doing it through your entire life. Because they're wise. And then to have godly relationships and friendships. Proverbs 30.12 says, He who walks with the wise will be wise, but he who walks with the companion of fools will be, made, will be destroyed. And last year, I was walking with the wrong people, and I started listening to rap music, which wasn't very good, till winter retreat, and Dustin gave me word, be sure who your friends are. Because um, you become like those who you associate with. And I've heard this over and over again uh, from Pastor, from Jordan. It says, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your future. So I did that and I got rid of my five closest friends because they weren't right. <laughs> and the next thing I'll talk about is purity because that's a big thing. And uh, it says in... Psalms 24.4, He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. And I had a friend at school today that said, I need to go through broken hearts to find my true love. <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, why? And she said, well, everybody's told me that. And I said, well, there should only be one girl or one guy on your God radar. And uh, after our purity ball, I wanted to have a purity ring, which I have on, so I can look at it every time, because we're all going to have bad thoughts and think bad things. So I look at this, and I'm like, nope, got to go with the Bi what the Bible says. And uh, we need to guard our hearts. It says in Proverbs 4:23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it will spring the issues of life. And I want to keep my heart pure so when I'm in a trial with somebody or need to say something it flows out of me and number 10 walking in love because I need this a lot and because in John 13 35 it says by this all will know that you're my my disciple if you love one another because I've been asked at my school if I go to a cult and I had to walk in love and say, no, it's not an occult, because I really wanted to punch him. <laughs> and uh, Brother Les Flock sent me a letter a while back, and he gave me some decisions that I should make early in life, and I'm just going to read through them. In John 14, 6, it says, choose life, because Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. In Acts 20, 32, it says, decide to base your life on what you believe on, the word of God. In 1 John 3.23, it says, Decide to walk in love, because it's a commandment, and I want to obey God's commandments to walk in love. One of my favorite verses, James 1.23. Decide to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. Because the Bible is like an iPhone 4S. You ask that series, series is God, God, what can I do about this? And he'll go, Turn to Matthew. Turn to Luke, and it will give you the right answer. And First John fourteen, decide that you will refuse to fear. And I don't want to be fearful anymore. I used to be afraid of 
people thinking, oh, he doesn't look good, or his hair doesn't look good, or no, I'm like, I don't really care. And Proverbs 10.22 says, decide to be rich God's way. I told my mom this, and she took a lap around the house. I don't want to be rich Dave Ramsey's way, but I want to be rich God's way. Dave Ramsey can help you, but God can help you more. And First uh, John 2.17, decide to walk in love and the will of God. And I want to go with the will of God. And I'm a little under time, but that's what I have. Wow. I don't know if anybody heard that, but Brayden, who is in eighth grade, just dropped more wisdom than most people learn in their entire lifetime. So I hope that every single one of you were listening to that. And he has the best hair. I used to try to act like I had the best hair, but I don't. Brayden has the best hair, but he got it from me. Well, okay. Hallelujah. You guys can be seated. Uh, last but certainly not least is someone who I've known for <laughs> a little while, <laughs> 19 years or so. Um, she is a student at IUS uh, and my sister, uh, Morgan Cook, <laughs> and she's awesome. I guess that was kind of warm and fuzzy. Well, thank you, Brother Jordan, for asking me to speak. Um, I'm super excited, way excited, so if I seem a little jittery, I'm just excited. It'll be all right. So I'm going to write down the time real quick. All righty. Um, really, I wanted a cool title because Brother Jordan always has amazing titles, but it didn't come, so that's okay. But everything that I'm really going to say today was kind of inspired by this quote. Um, I was reading a book by Brother Charles Capps a couple weeks ago, and I came across a statement he made. It says, the present-day ministry of Jesus seems to be limited to what he can get the body of Christ to do in his name. And God just really started speaking to me about the things that we do in our everyday life. We're determining, uh, you know, the expansion of Jesus' ministry or the limitation of Jesus' ministry. That's our job as the body of Christ. Our job is to do Jesus' ministry. He's not here anymore. So he's given us the power. He's in us. So um, it's our responsibility. I'm getting way ahead of myself, but to do do the work of his ministry, we should be Jesus in this earth. If you're looking somewhere and you don't see Jesus, you need to examine yourself because we're supposed to be bringing him. If you're like, well, where is he at? You know, it's our job to bring him. So um, God just really started speaking to me. And um, every time that we fail to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit, we've just limited Jesus' ability to, to minister in that situation. And I'm not trying to preach down or anything, because this is what God was dealing to me, like with me about. But every time that we don't follow that, we've just limited Jesus' ability to be able to minister into that person's life. And um, like I said, we determine if Jesus' ministry is expanding or it's being limited. That's our job, and we're the ones who determine that. So um, if you could just turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12:27.
And I'm going to be reading um, out of a lot of translations. I typed my scriptures because otherwise I would have been bringing like five Bibles in here. So I thought that might be a little excessive. But this is out of the Amplified. And it says, Now you collectively are Christ's body, and individually you are members of it, each part severally and distinct, each with his own place and function. And, you know, as the body of Christ, we all have a place that we're supposed to be functioning in that. We all have a job, and there's nobody that's insignificant. And I know you guys know this, but it's really just good to meditate about that because... God has a specific plan for you, like Danielle was saying, and he's got specific people for you to minister to that maybe other people aren't going to be able to reach. And I was thinking, a lot of times we think about people in our lives that we know, but a lot of times it's people that we don't know to just, you know, you've all been at like Walmart or whatever, and you're just trying to get your cake mix or whatever, and God tells you to talk to that person, and you're like, I don't even know them. But when you step out and do that, they're so receptive, and you're like, I don't even know them, but... God just had purpose for you to talk to that person because he knew that you were going to be able to minister them, and they're going to be receptive of that. So um, if you would turn to Ephesians 4.12. Sorry. I'm pulling a brother Ronnie tonight. I have, like, a lot of scriptures. He always has, like, I counted one time. I think it was, like, 30 in one, one sermon, but I don't have quite that many. And in the Amplified, it says, His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints that they should do the work of ministering towards building up Christ's body, the church. And like I said earlier, it's our job to do the work of Jesus' ministry here on the earth, and that's our responsibility. When he left, he sent us the Holy Ghost, he gave us the fivefold ministry gifts, and he gave us his word. So we are fully equipped. It says for the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints. So we've got everything we need to do the work of Jesus. We, we're not lacking anything. We're fully equipped. Um, and he's, like I said, he's given us the word, the Holy Spirit, and the fivefold ministry gifts to mature us and perfect us. And um, through those things, we're going to be equipped to reach people like we need to. So he gave us everything we need. Let's see. If you could turn. This is the good part. I like this part. Um, Ephesians 1, through 23. And in the Amplified, it says, And he has put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church. So he's talking about the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives the full measure of him who works everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. So what really jumped out um, at me in that is that it says, for in that body lives the full measure of him. We should be the full measure of Jesus in this earth. Not a partial measure, not, a, you know, a lacking measure. Like, well, yeah, we got kind of part of it. We got a little something going on. But we're supposed to be the full measure. In his body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete. So collectively, as the body of Christ, we're supposed to be acting as the full measure of Jesus in this earth. And... Um, that just uh, makes me really excited. Um, you know, we're supposed to be the full measure. I just can't stress that enough. If you look at Jesus' ministry, everything that he did, that's our job to be doing right now. Not just for the fivefold ministry. You know, the Bible says go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's not just a fivefold ministry. We're all supposed to be preachers. We're all supposed to be, you know, manifesting. That's the word, Ma- manifesting the full measure of Jesus in this earth. So, Um, Like I said, if you're looking in an area, uh, sometimes I know I've looked at situations and I'm like, man, like it'd be really cool if God's in something there, like moved in that person, like, you know, that person really needs Jesus. If we don't see the full measure of Jesus, then we need to examine ourselves and say, well, am I bringing it to that person? If it's somebody in your life, if there's a situation that you don't see the full manifestation of Jesus and the full measure of Jesus, maybe it's because we're not doing everything we need to. 
because like I said, he's fully equipped us. And God really spoke to me um, that the reason we don't step out more when he asks us to do things like that, we all have been there, like where we've got that coworker or person in our classroom and they tell us like 20 million times how bad their head hurts and we just are like oh I'm sorry you know and they've literally said it like 15 times like begging you to pray for them um you know and we just don't do it sometimes and the reason that we don't is because we're afraid that God's not going to come through for us that he's not going to manifest in that situation but um if you could turn to Philippians 419 super super familiar scripture but And this is just out of the King James. It says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And we apply that to our finances a lot. And of course it can be applied there, but you can apply it other places too. My God shall supply all my needs. So when you're in a situation and you need God to show up, he's going to show up. He has a supply for you in that situation. When you need him, he's going to be there. He's bound by his covenant to us that he's never going to leave us. And he's, he's just waiting to manifest through us. He's so like so much more ready than we could ever imagine to work through us and do things. So when we step out, there's going to be a supply. He's going to show up when we need him. He's going to be there. And, um, Let's see. When we obey God and we we do what he says, it's going to routinely put you in situations where you're going to fall flat on your face if he doesn't show up. Like that should be the norm, really. If you're looking at something, um, Pastor Stephen Furtick said this in his book, Sun Stands Still, and it was really good. And he said, if your vision in your life doesn't intimidate you, you need a new vision. And I'm not saying you need to be scared of what God's doing for you, but your vision should be so big that you know you that it's impossible. You can't do it by yourself. But we have a supply, and whenever you need him, he's going to show up. So just Brother Jordan was talking the other week about expanding your vision. <laughs> and it was so good just stretching yourself. Your vision just needs to be so big. You know you can't do it alone. You can't do it by yourself. That's the point. So you should be routinely in situations where you're like, God, you need to come through or I'm going to look like an idiot. But it's all right because he does come through every time. So um, I just really have been excited about that. And really, he's He's so much more ready to help us than we ever even are to ask him. He, I mean, we have the easy part. <laughs> He's the one who's like healing people, delivering people and stuff. All we have to do is be like, hey, can I pray for you? And he does all the rest. He does all the rest. He shows up when we need him. So he does all the work, and he's made it easy. And like I said, people, a lot of times, too, I think we're concerned that people aren't going to be receptive because it's not fun. It's awkward when you ask someone if they want to be prayed for and you work with them and they're like no thanks and then they treat you weird for like a week it's kind of uncomfortable and they make jokes about laying on hands and you're like this is awkward but a lot of times people are more willing to receive than we realize because it's gotten to a point just at IUS you can see these people are my age and they've already lost hope for their life they already are like I I hate my life, Uh, this is no fun, like it's going to be like this forever, I'm working and I'm in school and I have a kid and I can't even do it all. They've already lost their hope and they're so looking for answers and peace and joy and they're so much more ready to receive than we are a lot of times to share it with them. And um, I was in the computer lab at IUS just trying to do some homework last night. And I was in there, and it's totally empty, which is great, because sometimes weird people hang out in there. (laughs) And (laughs) I have been in there for about 30 minutes, and this guy comes in and sits down next to me. And I'm like, man, out of this thing is empty, and you're going to sit right next to me? Because sometimes people talk to themselves, and it's, like, distracting, and their phone's ringing, and they're like, whatever. So we sit there in silence for a while, and he gets a phone call, and he steps outside the room, and I can tell he's talking to his son. 
And he comes back in, and his phone went off again, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, that's my alarm to remind me to call my son in case I forget. And I was like, that's okay. And I just, I, when he was out on that phone call, I really just felt like, man, I need to talk to this guy. Like, I need to talk to him. And he came back in, and I just asked him how old his son was, and he just, he talked to me for like an hour. Like, this guy just, I had never seen him before, and he just kept talking and talking. He kept going, I don't know why I'm telling you all this. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. And I was just, you know, he just needed somebody to listen. He Like, he just, he told me all kinds of stuff about his life, just thoughts he was having and about his son. And it just was really, um, it was sad that he didn't have anybody that was willing to listen to him. He didn't have family. He's already divorced. He's 31 years old, and he was divorced and has a little boy. And I, my heart just went out to him, but he was just so you know, so ready just to talk and just wanted somebody to listen. So, um, I don't know. People are just a lot more willing to receive, I think, than we realize sometimes. <sighs> Let me take a breath. Okay. Um, the last kind of point I wanted to bring out, when Brother Jordan was speaking a couple weeks ago about um, the Spirit and the Bride say come, I, that so ministered to me, and that was so good, because we do need to be stepping out and talking to people and praying for people just out, you know, wherever we are. But it is important to be led by the Spirit, because God knows who's ready to receive and who's not ready to receive. He knows who you need to minister to. I can minister to people that Evan can't, and then he can totally minister to people I can't. He has a thing for, like, People love him all the time, you know. So we all have different strengths and different anointings. <laughs> I love you too, but I mean, you know. <laughs> but um, it's just important to be led by the Spirit and to speak with the Spirit. Because when, when you speak with the Spirit, your words have so much more power they, than they can ever have just coming from you. That's what ministers to people and affects people and just cuts right into their situation and is able to change things. And when we step out with the Spirit of God, we are helping to expand the ministry of Jesus because, like I said, I you know we're part of the body of Christ and it's our job. So the body of Christ needs to be speaking with the Holy Spirit, not apart from the Holy Spirit. When you speak apart from the Holy Spirit, that's when you're going to turn people off because, you know, you just sound you know, stuff comes out sounding critical. And even though it's the word, you have to have the spirit speaking behind that with you. You got to be speaking it in love, you know, otherwise it just doesn't come out right. So I'm um, just being led by the spirit. But in closing, what time did I start? Yeah. In closing, we'll go ahead and close. Um, if you could turn to first Corinthians twelve twenty-seven, And I'm reading this out of the message. And this is really good. This goes right along with what Danielle preached. But it says, You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. So like she said, the calling on your life means nothing unless you answer it. Just because God's speaking to you and telling you to do these things, if you don't do anything with it, you're still limiting his ability to work. You're still limiting his ministry. And so I just want to encourage you that when the Holy Spirit speaks to you to step out and talk to people, just do it because they're so ready to receive. And when you speak with the Spirit like that, I, you know, like I said, your words are so effective. It'll shock even you. Like you've probably, I mean, I know a lot of you experienced that, but you're like, oh my gosh, like that was awesome. I don't know where that came from that I just said. And you know, you're like, preaching to yourself and stuff. So I just want um, to encourage you to step out and um, really start stepping into what God has for you because it's such an easy time to do that right now. Like, it's so easy to jump in. God's moving and he's doing something amazing. And I know a lot of you are a part of that, if not all of you, and we're all excited, but it's such an easy time to be led by the Holy Spirit right now. So that's it. <laughs> Hallelujah.
Did anybody get anything tonight? Anybody at all? Uh, Just real quick uh, before we close, if uh, someone wants to come play.